Hey, everybody, and welcome back in the Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm good and I'm good and bad. I'm good because how fun was it that we had a whole weekend of like real football and football news and watching football highlights and the cool draft guys that I'm such a big fan of, but I'm bad in the sense that now that the draft is over, it's like, now what? So good and bad. That's the answer. Yeah, it's going to be. We've got a long way to go before we have any other real sports. I mean, the only thing there is is the last dance on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I really yep. am. You know, but I go to bed early every night. And so when they do two episodes back to back, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of like, hey, could could y'all like make them at seven and eight instead of eight and nine? <laughs> yeah, I um, sort of feel the same. Well, I'm watching, but I've had the DVR, so I've only watched uh, one and two. Uh, I taped three and four last night, and I'm going to watch them sometime this week. But uh, I've only watched episodes one and two so far. But I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. Well, Jimmy, before we get into talking about several things, there are some. There, there's at least one news item that didn't involve the NFL draft. I want to tell everybody again about Nico Sports. If you haven't been to NikoSports.com, N-I-K-C-O.com, what is wrong with you? Nico Sports, N-I-K-C-O Sports.com. Go check them out, or you can call 1-800-345-2868. I want you to call them and ask about the Tua Tungvaluwa football. That is a fully embossed football a fully sized football. It's got to his image on it. It's got the stats for all the records he set at Alabama, his SEC records, his NCAA records, um, collegiate career highlights and awards. This football is only $99. And here's the cool thing. Some of the proceeds are being donated to make, to the make a wish foundation, Alabama. So please go check them out. Tell them you heard about it at Locked On Bama. The Tua Tungo Vailoa football. That's Nico Sports, N-I-K-C-O Sports.com, 1-800-345-2868. So, Jimmy, let's start with the draft. Um, who do you think of all the Alabama players that were drafted wound up in the best situation? And that, take the money out of it. I mean, obviously, Tua getting probably $30 million and $19 million signing bonus uh, probably came out on top there, but who do you think wound up in the in the best situation for them, all things considered? You know, it's so easy to say that all four of the first round picks, but that's the reason they're first round picks. They're not only great players; that they, they went to a place that needed an immediate starter. You know, at their spot. So uh, now, Tua's likely not an immediate starter just because of the uniqueness of his position. I mean, hip aside maybe he wouldn't be the immediate starter anyway. Uh, you know, even, even Patrick Mahomes, you know, basically had what amounted to a redshirt year before he, before he became the starter, and he's the face of the league now. But uh, I, I tell you, um, I th- you know, the answer that comes to mind for me is maybe uh, Trayvon Diggs, and, and, and this is why. First of all, the Cowboys do need help at defensive back immediately. But the thing that was really cool to me about it is we watch all these mock shows, that the mock draft shows on NFL Network and ESPN and read them, you know, every day on the Internet all over the place. And, and a very common mock draft result 
was Trayvon Diggs going to the Cowboys at 17. And as we know, that didn't happen. C.D. Lamb fell into the Cowboys' laps. So they, they, they took C.D. Lamb, they took best player available because they had no idea he, he, he would be available at 17. So you can't fault them for that. But then the Cowboys actually end up with Diggs in the second round. I bet they were equally happy about that because based on the mocks, Diggs is someone they would have seriously considered taking in the first round. Now, they may not have, but they might have. And the fact that he was available to them in the second round, I, I, and, and they took him, means to me, I think there's a good chance the Cowboys really like Diggs uh, and much like C.D. Lamb, felt like Diggs fell into their laps. They didn't expect that he would still be around when they took C.D. in the first round. They're probably like, well, you know, we thought five or six other guys might be here, and that's kind of the way we, we saw this going, and, and maybe Diggs was one of them. So just the fact that Diggs would go to a team in the second round that a lot of experts felt would take him in the first round, uh, I think for a second-round pick, the Cowboys look at him as maybe an immediate starter and someone they're really excited about. There, I'll tell you some. I really am torn between two guys or three guys. I think Jed Wills ended up in a good spot. Um, I, I think that it's good for him to be so close to home, uh, also to uh, be on an up and coming team. I mean, you know, they've been up and coming for quite some time, but uh, I think that he's going to step in right immediately and uh, wreak some havoc. And OBJ is already tweeted at him and he's already tweeted back. And I mean, so I think all that's positive. Uh, then of course, the, another answer would be Henry Ruggs just because the Raiders now look, they, this may not be true, but the Raiders always have thought of themselves as like the speed demon team. And so for them to have the fastest player in the draft makes a ton of sense. Um, I think that's, that's going to be a good selection. And also Ruggs has a chip on his shoulder and all the Raiders uh, organization seems to have a chip on its shoulder all the time. So I think that's, but you know, I'm going to go with Anthony Jennings because I think he is, he is new England. I mean, yeah. and maybe I'm a little biased because he's from Daveville, Alabama and I'm in Ellick city. And so, I mean, we're practically neighbors, but I think that that is a great spot for him um, where he's just a very cerebral yet tenacious player. And I think it's going to work out great for him in uh, Boston. So or let's let's see how it goes. Um, but I, I would go Anthony Jennings, and I think they got him in a, an, an absolute steal in the round they got him in. And um, so to go from being coached by Nick Saban to being coached by Bill Belichick, uh, that's not only is that hugely beneficial, but it should be a pretty seamless transition, right? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, schematically, there won't be surprises there. I mean, Anthony Jennings is going to go – other than maybe a handful of, of uh, terminology, uh, Jennings has a very easy transition from his college defense to the NFL defense. It's going to look extremely similar. Uh, he's going to play for a head coach that's going to feel very familiar to him. Uh, like one Alabama assistant famously said, uh, Nick and Bill are exactly alike. Nick just cares about how he looks. Um, and, and other than that, they're just like the same guy. And it's such a good situation because he's going to a winner. You know, the Patriots are likely still going to win more games than people think. I think a lot of people will believe because Tom Brady left that the Patriots will go from 
13 wins a year down to six wins a year. I, I don't think that at all. I, th I think they're still more likely to be a playoff contender. Um, and when we'll see what happens with their quarterback situation, but I, I do, I like that answer. I like, uh, I like the fit for him. Um, the, you know, Dante Hightower plays up there now. And while Hightower and Jennings have very different skill sets, um, they're a lot alike intangibles wise and mentally. And Hightower has been such a great fit there in New England. And, and really, Anthony Jennings and Dante are just so similar off the field and in terms of their attitude and how driven and how football is important to them. Uh, yeah, I love that fit. Uh, he actually higher than I thought. I thought Anthony would be a day three pick. Uh, but the fact that Bill uh, took him in the third round means, you know, I was just wrong about that. And, and Belichick wouldn't have taken him there if he didn't think Jennings would be a guy he could plug in and play. Maybe not as a starter, but Belichick is really big, just like Nick, on specialty packages. I mean, he's got a different lineup for every down distance. So I, I think he probably has a role in mind for Anthony already. I'm sure he does. I mean, he just seems like a New England player. He just – it's just like Ruggs seems like an Oakland Raider. I think that Anthony Jennings seems like a uh, New England Patriot to me. Jimmy, let's go ahead and take another break, but before we do – um, want to tell everybody again about NICO Sports. Please go check them out, NIKCOsports.com. Tell them you heard about it here on the podcast, the Locked On Podcast. And you can also call them at 1-800-345-2868. Listen, it's a full-sized, fully embossed, Tua Tungvaluwa football. It's got all his records on there. It's only $99. Has every uh, little bit of information about him on that football, including the 2018 college football playoff national champion, Orange Bowl offensive MVP, all that information, all the stats, uh, Tua Tungvaluwa football, full-sized, $99. Some of the proceeds go to the Alabama Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is an awesome, awesome uh, charitable. Please go check them out, NICO Sports, N-I-K-C-O sports.com or 1-800-345-2868. You can ask for Julio. That's who I've been speaking to, and he is a fantastic guy. They would love to help you guys. Tell them you heard about it here on Locked on Bama. That's NICO Sports, N-I-K-C-O Sports.com. You need to buy those footballs for the Dolphins fans. Jimmy, buy them all out. Yeah, uh, they should. Go to NICO Sports and buy all the – all the Tua Tungvaluwa footballs, and I'm sure Nyko Sports will later have some with the, the, the uh, associated with the Miami Dolphins, and you can have both of them. I mean, what, what the heck? What's wrong with you? Why don't you go do that? Why, why are you even – pause us and do that. <laughs> um, so, Jimmy, uh, a couple other things about the draft. Do you think Tua – assuming we have a 2020 season, um, do you think Tua starts in 2020? I do. I mean, I, I – I mean, would would yes. fight anybody who thinks Tua does not start in 2020. I just – I can't imagine his getting what you call the redshirt year. I think the thing about the redshirt year with Mahomes uh, and KC was that they actually had a pretty bona fide starter. Was right. it, wasn't it Alex Smith there? Alex Smith, yeah. Alex um, Smith was a starter and a, a playoff quarterback, basically. Yeah. So they, they had uh, – they they didn't have cause to make that kind of switch immediately. They could be afforded that luxury. I think with Tua, 
it doesn't make sense to redshirt him. I mean, unless you, the Dolphins are going to tank again for some more draft picks. I mean, I think that at this point they had a great draft. Um, they 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 also got our boy Raquan McMillan. Um, so yeah, Raquan, I feel like Raquan Davis. They already have Raquan McMillan. Well, I said Raquan McMillan. Raquan Davis. I, well, they do have Raquan. That's McMillan. so funny. That's I funny. mean, we, I know two Raekwons. I had a 50-50 shot at and blew it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they got Raekwon Davis, and uh, who I – I mean, again, I've always been higher on than everybody else because I know what kind of a giant he is. But uh, they also got that kid from uh, – was it Louisiana Lafayette, the offensive lineman who everybody yeah, loved? Robert Hunt. Yeah, Robert Hunt. Yeah. He, he, he was, in my opinion, I know the Saints <laughs> took Cesar Ruiz – in the first round as a center, but myself personally, interior offensive lineman, I thought Robert Hunt was the best guy in the, in the whole draft in, in terms of interior, you know, wow. guard, center, guard. I really did. Well, they need to, you know, you need to have some protection for Tua, there's no doubt. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is still there, and, I mean, you know, who knows, and, and Tua supposedly is 100%, but that's the other thing about this coronavirus is, you know, we don't really know. We don't have any idea. No, we, we've seen some film, but we don't really know. So, But I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, he's going to be a starter, and I'm going to say relatively early uh, in this whole process. That's my expectation, too. Now, I will say, you know, whoever the Dolphins, you know, assuming we just have a normal season, uh, I, I, I think it's fair to say that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start the opener. And they're gonna just kind of go with 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 him monitoring Tua's hip carefully. But I personally think that once they're convinced that Tua's hip is not only fine, but that he has no more risk of injury to the hip than than any other player in the NFL, uh, then they're gonna put him out there because Tua's gonna catch catch on quickly. He's gonna understand their system quickly. He's going to look impressive. It'll be really interesting to me how much he plays in preseason games, if at all. Again, getting back to the hip, he may play the majority of the preseason games. I, I could also see a scenario where he doesn't take a single snap, you know, o- over hip and injury issues. So, uh, but I think Fitzpatrick starts the season, but at some point, Tua takes over. He's just simply too good. They're, the Dolphins are just not going to have their best quarterback sit on the bench if he's healthy. And uh, Tua will quickly prove to be a better player than Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, again, he isn't. You know, the Dolphins were winning games down the stretch, largely because Fitzpatrick was playing well. And uh, and here's a guy that's been around the league, you know, 100 times, and he's a Harvard guy, and he knows as much as the coaches. And, and uh, you know, so I think the Dolphins have what I would call a decent caretaker. But – Tua will be the quarterback. I, I will be shot. If Tua is not starting by the end of the year, in my opinion, it would be solely related to health. It will have nothing to do with playing yeah. quarterback. You know, I'm really anxious to see. They haven't come out with the schedules yet for the NFL, but I'm really anxious to see when that happens. That'll be the next big thing. They they have turned that into almost an NCAA selection show. Uh, ESPN has where they come out and they show, Hey, uh, you know, uh, Miami plays Cincinnati. Now I know they know which divisions play, which divisions, but that you don't know where they're playing and on the dates they're playing. So, uh, it could be really cool if, um, you know, I, and I hadn't looked at it, if Cincinnati plays Miami, 
I mean, Burrow <laughs> and Tungle Valoa going head to head. I would dig that a lot. Or, or, you know, obviously the Raiders will play the Broncos. So you got Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, right. and of course, Josh Jacobs. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think that's, that's all. Can I tell you a funny joke? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But even, uh, even Philadelphia and uh, Miami would be interesting. Um, oh, yeah. Philadelphia, Philadelphia <laughs> and Miami would be interesting with the Jalen and Tua. Uh, you know, uh, th- that would be, you know, the preseason schedule makers might want to come up with that one. They'll certainly get a lot of Alabama fans watching uh, if it's oh, a yeah. Jalen versus uh, – because we didn't get the uh, we didn't get the Alabama Oklahoma matchup everyone was clamoring for last year due to due to the Tua hip injury, uh, but we could get the Jalen versus Tua matchup in uh, in the preseason. That would be that would be fun uh, if it happened. All right, Jimmy, let's go ahead and take another break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about some recruiting news. So, Jimmy, with the wrap up the draft stuff really really quickly here. Um, were there any overall surprises to you? For me, the uh, Jordan Love being selected by the Green Bay Packers made absolutely no sense, and especially considering they traded up to go get him. Um, Aaron Rodgers is only 36 years old, and look, 36 is the new 28 uh, in terms of NFL (laughs) quarterbacks. And um, then I would say, and though I'm so thrilled and proud and happy for Jalen Hurts, Going in the second round, I think that's awesome. I just don't understand why the Philadelphia Eagles were the ones to do it. So, yeah, I'm 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 ecstatic for him, but uh, I just don't understand the pick. I would say those those were two of the more baffling picks to me. Well, I think simple. I mean, I understand people's bafflements with both picks, just simply because both teams. It almost felt like you you were you weren't. Uh, drafting in terms of building a team to make the playoffs uh, this upcoming year when both teams, both the Eagles and the Packers, feel like they're a piece or two away from not only making the playoffs but making a run in the playoffs. It's got to be frustrating for those fan bases to be like, why are you taking – why are you building for the future? Why are you building for the future when we have a present? So I get that totally. On the other hand, you know, I I also get why both teams did it. I mean – uh, while the Jordan Love, uh, I mean, w- what were Packers fans' reactions when they drafted Aaron Rodgers and they had Brett Favre, who was actually a year younger than uh, Aaron Rodgers is now when, when they drafted Aaron uh, for the future? So if Jordan Love pans out and proves to be a high-quality starting quarterback, I think the Packers fans at that point will be like, oh, well, that was pretty smart because – it's just hard. It's just hard to find that guy. But Jordan Love has to pan out for it to work. And with Jalen, I think one exception with the, the Jalen's the rare quarterback you can take, and he he can be two things. He can be your future, but he can also play a role in the present. And and the Saints get so much mileage out of the Taysom Hill thing. I think it's pretty apparent that while they are grooming Jalen Hurts to potentially be their number two quarterback or their starting quarterback years down the road. In the meantime, they will use Jalen as what amounts to a wildcat, line him up in multiple places, and he will be a piece to their offense. Um, Now, as to how often he's used and exactly how he's used, I don't know. But to me, Jalen's situation was different than Jordan Love. Here's a guy that the Eagles clearly plan to use this fall 
in a role on the offense. And also the Eagles fans need to keep this in mind. Carson Wentz has been there four years, two of those four years. He didn't make it through the season. I mean, he was lost for the season. And uh, while the first time around they lost him, they had a great backup situation. Last year they did not, and, and it really cost them. So uh, I, I thought the Eagles were, were too harsh on Jalen and the pick. But the Eagles fans are harsh on their pick every single season, no matter who it is. So these are the people they that famously Claus. booed. They booed Santa Claus. They also booed the hell out of Donovan McNabb when, when they felt like they overdrafted him. He ends up being, That's I true. suppose, their greatest, their greatest quarterback in history. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's apples to apples, but, but there is some Donovan McNabb and Jalen Hurts. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how it works out for him. I, I was happy for him. Uh, Certainly, uh, certainly proved that uh, despite all the criticism, uh, you know, at, at least some NFL people were very high on, on Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and uh, again, it's probably worth a gamble. You were you make a great point about Carson Wentz being hurt so much. Um, I guess I just didn't want to see him there but you know it kind of makes sense because Jalen's had to overcome so much like he's always had to prove doubters wrong and so he's going to the city that probably has the most doubters of even their own teams than any other fan base and and, and sports uh so yeah I think that that's uh that that can work out for him because if he is able to win them over somehow I mean he'll be uh he'll have a statue right next to Rocky so um yeah, yeah that'd be yeah, cool. Jalen there's some um, now, now that you mention it that way I mean he might be in the exact right place for him. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if he flames out, he's just one of thousands that that, that 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 couldn't stand up to Philadelphia fan scrutiny. But if he's successful with his personality and that city as crazy as they are about their Eagles, uh, Jalen Hurts could be uh, the mayor of Philadelphia before all this is over. Um, okay, so let's talk a little recruiting. There, there's not a ton of news out there. Um but one huge bombshell hit yesterday, and I, it, it kind of blew me away. I was perusing some of the 24-7 boards, and um, I like to sort of go back and forth between the Alabama board and the Auburn board. And all of a sudden, there were all these crystal balls rolling in for Dylan Brooks uh, for Tennessee. And I, it just didn't make a ton of sense to me. But then I started reading a little bit more from Tim Watts and Keith Niebuhr. Um, and Tim Watts basically said, look, it's not, he's not trying to say the kid's scared of competition, but he's one of the kids and some kids are, uh, you know, love this allure of early playing time. You know, you look at what Alabama signed last year in about his same position, Dylan Brooks, same position. And I think Dylan Brooks looked over at Tennessee and said, Hey, I got more of an opportunity to come right, come in right away and do my thing. Um, and meanwhile, Tennessee has been recruiting absolute TT uh, out of him. And boy, I, that was awful. Um, and and then it, so, but Auburn was recruiting him too. But it, it, you know, it just feels like he had a connection with Jeremy Pruitt more so than Malzahn. And um, so, yeah, he's going to Tennessee right now. Now it's a long wait till signing day, but I would say right now the the odds would favor Tennessee actually signing this kid. And uh, it's a big get for them to come into the state of Alabama and get the number one prospect when you've got Nick Saban ruling the roost. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's a banner day for Tennessee. Worse loss for Auburn than Alabama for two or three reasons. Like you said, 
Dylan Brooks had some, you know, it, it was kind of thought all along Dylan Brooks would be at Auburn due to high school connections, family connections, uh, Auburn's very early offer. Uh, it, it just kind of felt like he was Auburn's guy. Uh, and then I guess what has basically happened is Tennessee has out-recruited Auburn. I think Tennessee just beat Auburn. Um, that Tennessee staff has such a heavy Alabama flavor. They've basically turned into Alabama North. It's not just Jeremy Pruitt. As a matter of fact, the coach that specifically recruited Dylan Brooks to Tennessee is Derek Ainsley, who basically uh, became one of Nick Saban's best recruiters, <laughs> recruiting the same area of the state. He's just gone. He recruits the same area of the state for Tennessee he did for Alabama. So he knows every high school coach. He knows every dude. Heck, he, he might have known of Dylan Brooks in the sixth or seventh grade when, when Ainsley was, was at Alabama. Um, and that's who, 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 who got him. Uh, so it's a big loss for Auburn, a huge get for Tennessee. Now, a couple of things about Alabama. I mean, you can be critical of Alabama for, for being so far behind, uh, you know, because Alabama's not even in third place, really, recruiting to maybe third at best. And uh, for the number one player in the state, that's pretty, pretty bad, honestly. But Alabama last year signed a large group of badasses at outside linebacker between Will Anderson and Quindaris Robinson and Chris Braswell and Drew Sanders. It was going to be really difficult to recruit any blue chip outside linebacker who's not only going in where Alabama did well the year before, but Alabama signed four guys at that spot just in the, in the last class. And if, and you know, you know, Auburn and Tennessee, one of the commonalities when they recruit Dylan Brooks is reminding him of that constantly. Don't go to Alabama. They just sent four guys at your position. You, If you play, it will be when you're a senior is what they're telling him. And while that might not necessarily prove to be the case, or maybe that's unfair, there's also some logic behind it. So I get why Alabama was never a favorite for Dylan Brooks and, and, and why he's unlikely to ever play at Alabama. But to the Alabama fans that are out there right now going, oh, it's over, he's going, you know, we, we, we screwed this up, this is terrible. Just in the past recruiting cycle, every good kid that we got, we flipped from somewhere else, whether it was Bryce Young who was going to USC or Demo Kennedy that was going to Auburn or Drew Sanders and Jace McClellan that were going to Oklahoma. I mean, Alabama's the best program in the country at flipping kids from other places. So it's not over. It's barely even started. So would I tell you there is a 0% chance of Dylan Brooks playing for Alabama? Oh, hell no. I, I, I don't let, – let's see if Dylan ends up on campus in Tuscaloosa at some point. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me. All right, Jimmy, that's going to do it for this rather abbreviated version of Locked on Bama. Uh, you know, the draft was fantastic, and, you know, now all we got to do is sit back and hope that somebody, some, one of these nerds out there can come up with a vaccine because I'm going to tell you something, the idea – that we don't have football season is becoming more and more a reality. And it is scaring me to death. I was actually talking to my father-in-law yesterday. who's a big Auburn guy actually. And I was like, what are, what would we do in the fall with no football? I mean, what literally, what would we do? This is what I do. I, I obsess over this. I enjoy it. I watch it incessantly. I get my wife mad at me because I'm obsessed. 
uh, and I've learned how to deal with that. So I, I don't even know how to have a relationship without it, which is very sad, but it's my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to take the different tag. I, I, I am very realistic about what the situation is out there and certainly admit that it, it almost looks bleak. I mean, in terms of how, how you would pull this off, but as of right now, Alabama is scheduled to play USC Labor Day weekend in Dallas. That game is scheduled. It has not been canceled or postponed until it is. I'm going to look forward to it. All right, buddy. That'll do it for us. We will catch you guys on Wednesday. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.